Whiskey and Watches podcast. On this week's episode, we have with us a very special guest, hailing from South Carolina and being a member of the Carolina Watch Club, and also hosts of Triple T, which can be found under the Carolina Watch Club's Instagram TV page. We have with us the one and only, the notorious BSG, otherwise known as Bryant, the bearded Southern gentleman. So get ready and sit back, because it's time for another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 77, I believe. Yes, Buzzy's nodding. 77 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Yeah, close enough. And we have with us uh, a guest tonight. Um, He's notorious, BSG, the bearded Southern gentleman uh, from the Carolina Watch Club. Bryant, good to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Super pumped to do this. It's been a it's been a while coming. We've talked about doing this since I, before I was on Two Talk in Time, and I think that was all the way back in like April. Might have even been before that. I can't even remember. Yeah, it's definitely been a long time coming. I'm glad we were mm-hmm. able to finally uh, get the schedules lined up so we could make it happen. Exactly. No, we're we're pumped to have you on. We'll talk a little bit about uh, collecting, uh, Carolina Watch Club, Two Talk in Time. Um, probably, I think we got one fresh form find. Um, you know, some stuff like that. We're pumped. You beat Ryan on the show, which I know he's probably already <laughs> just saw the title and was just already upset about that. that you, you beat him on, and he's. I, I'm I sure can I'm gonna feel get a nasty his blood pressure that. rising as we're talking about. And this. the best part is he doesn't even know it yet. He doesn't. <laughs> I, I think that that's like the little gym that we'll be able to sleep so great tonight because we'll be like, ah, but we still beat Ryan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, as as you know, because I know you're one of our eight listeners, uh, as, and probably now seven after Ryan hears this, um, <laughs> um, we always start with a drink check and a wrist check. So, uh, Brian, what's on the wrist? What's in the glass? Sure. So tonight I wanted to wear something special. As you alluded to, I am a member of the uh, Carolina Watch Club. And last year, well, two years ago, we made the watch. But last year, it finally was, uh, I think it was last year. Let's be real. COVID times kind of just blur. I think it might have been 2019. So don't quote me on the timelines. Nobody really knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Everything blurs. But uh, so we collaborated with Nomos to do a club campus. Um, and this is the first model with their neomatic movement. So it's an automatic movement. Um, we did 35 of them and I was fortunate enough to be able to get number 19. Um, again, and we'll talk a little bit more about watches later on. I'm, I'm sure as this is the whiskey and watches. <laughs> um, but so that's, what's on the wrist. And then tonight in my glass, I'm making an exception to a personal rule that I have, and uh, you can't come on a show that's about whiskey and not drink whiskey. So uh, I'm passing on the water as I normally would do during the week, and I am drinking, uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of the bourbons that are kind of budget bourbons, if you will, the things Mm -hmm. you can find readily available. I know you guys can find Weller Green Label, the 90 proof much easier than I can down here. So I kind of have to get crafty when it comes to finding good bourbon for a good price. So I'm drinking the ancient, ancient age, 10 star bourbon. And this is a, uh, you can get a 1.75 liter plastic bottle for like 20 bucks, I think (laughs) 25 after tax. But so this is also the, uh, Elmer T Lee batch. So this is the 
um, the batch number two that Buffalo Trace follows to produce uh, Elmer T. Lee. So if you're a big fan of like that sweet wheat flavor, this has the same exact flavor to it, but a quarter of the price and it's not allocated. So it can actually be found. That's good. That's uh, some good bourbon buying tips there. Uh, right to start off the show. I mean, I wouldn't say that we can find it regularly. I stumbled onto it once and was able to buy a good amount of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough that I felt comfortable giving a bottle to Buzz and a bottle to Evan. Because yeah. if it wasn't if it wasn't that readily available on that week, I would have kept both of those for myself. But <laughs> um yeah, no, I, and the funny thing is is I need to find that because I I've not found now granted I haven't looked hard outside of my two or three local Kroger's, but I know that if I go d- across the border to Party Source in northern Kentucky, I should be able to find that. Yeah, absolutely. they have everything. Kentucky is great for that. Yes. That's where I buy all my stuff at, so definitely yeah. recommend. Oh, yeah. Spangler, what have you got? Uh, well, I guess we're sticking with Buffalo Trace, so I will continue on the trend here. But I've just got a, I guess probably not a budget bourbon per se, but uh, it's just the Elijah Craig small batch. Uh, pretty readily available, easy to find for the most part. Probably a little bit easier than just regular Buffalo Trace, but you know it's it's good all around. No complaints for the price. Really good. Um, and then on the wrist, I've still got on my Synchron Military. Switched up the NATO on it, so uh, that's the only difference from last week or two weeks. Oh, whenever I was on last, you know. It might have been two weeks ago. I can't remember exactly. No, I don't know. Yeah, it's. I just want to say that I feel honored that you're here for my episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Even Mike Stockton hasn't been on with with Evan yet. Mike Stockton yeah, been on Delaware, twice, too. I don't yeah. know what's the bigger three, honor. Three times Evan. He's been episode? on three times, Evan. He's been on three. Oh, He's boy. Been on three. <laughs> Not that you would know, because uh, I don't know what's the bigger <laughs> honor: being on the episode or having Spangler here for my episode. It might be that actually, because I think so. He's, he's not even been on some episodes that I've been on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just like cultivating this like icon status right now of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Spangler's on this episode. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the whiskey and watch, which is a iconoplast over here. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Buzzy, what are you wearing? What are you drinking? Okay. Before I get into that, I have to say I, I love the fact that uh, your nomos is the number 19 in the LA run. Bernie Kosar's number. I, I, I like the energy. <laughs> really Thank do. You. Really I, do. I, I, I like to say that I had a choice in the number. I did not. But, yeah, it's it's a great watch. I love this thing. Then you're just incredibly fortunate to get such a great, uh, great number. All right. Luck was in my favor for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. On the drink side, I have been staying simple for quite a while. Last several episodes has just been been a whiskey with a splash of water. Since we have a gentleman with us tonight, uh. <laughs> I decided I must go fancy. Tonight, I'm drinking a Boulevardier on a Ooh. couple of rocks, uh, which is a a split because normally I, I like my whiskey cocktails up, but Boulevardier rocks is very acceptable. I made it with two parts of Green Weller, uh, as Bryant uh, talked about earlier. One part of Carpano Antica Vermouth, half a, a part of uh, Campari, two dashes of Angostura, and two Luxardo cherries. After all, treat yourself. 
<laughs> Big shout out to, to my buddy Joey for the gift of the Carpano Antica. And all, all together, it just, it's just a refreshing, slightly bitter summer drink. The bitterness of, uh, of the Campari is why I feel it's so acceptable to put it on rocks. Um, it's a delight. May have had a few of those this weekend. There you go. <laughs> there we go. All right. On the wrist is my Monta Sky Quest. This just in, the bracelet is still excellent. The micro adjust <laughs> still rules for all of these swampy summer days. Uh, <laughs> it's There's absolutely zero to complain about here. Uh, I've been... I am want to wear the same watch for days and days and days on end. But the pa- about the past week, I've been purposefully interspersing this in my Doxa in my um, uh, Breitling, and it's been a lot of fun. Plus, if you're really dedicated about it, you never have to wind up anything, and that's that's pretty handy. Agreed. There you mm-hmm. go. All right. all right, I will bring us I will home. Bring it home. We're 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 similar, Buzz. Uh, I also have in my glass went a little bit fancier tonight. I have some Green Label Weller. I have a Luxardo Cherry, and I have Angostura Bitters. But I haven't done a Boulevardier because you haven't had one, so I kind of forgot about them and how good they are. So now I'm gonna have to change course later this week for the weekend. I'm sure. But I also have uh, Dolan Red Vermouth, mm-hmm. and like we said, the Luxardo Cherry, courtesy of Buzzy's Christmas on the last day of May. Um, I went to Manhattan tonight, <laughs> so it does still count. It does still count, um, and I have it on one giant rock. Um, I have the spherical ice mold, so it is on one giant rock, um, and I will probably be replenishing it here soon. And yes, as you can see, Brian, you were the one who asked. Those are not sound effects that we had person. in. Those yes. are actual, actual <laughs> rocks. Um, I finally get to experience firsthand. Yes, you do. You'll get to hear it, uh, especially as we refill. Um, <laughs> and then on the wrist, um, I am wearing – it's been a while. Not, I say it's been a while since I've worn it, but it's been a while since I've worn it on air. Uh, my Cincinnati Wash Company Divers Edition, the blue one with the orange accents. Uh, it's on a Jubilee-style st- bracelet, and uh, yeah, it's Blue Watch Monday, man, so uh, busted it out. I will say, I, I, I really do, I really love this watch, but the domed crystal, even with the AR coating on it, makes it almost impossible to get a good photo of. I have the hardest time especially inside and trying to get good daylight on it where I have the hardest time. Like it's like the opposite of my El Primero. The El Primero doesn't take a bad picture. This watch I really have to work for. And that is not a knock on it by any means, but like the blue on this dial is amazing. And it just doesn't come through in pictures because it's almost impossible to photograph with, with the massive domed crystal. Um, So that's, I don't say that's a complaint. It's, it's, Oh, my watch doesn't photograph well for the Instagram. No, <laughs> yeah. But like it's, if you haven't seen one of these in person, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me because they don't make a ton of watches, but at the same point, like it, the, the blue is really a good, awesome, deep blue. It's, it's, it's a fantastic watch. Just doesn't photo. Like look at Rick's photos of it. Cause he hired a professional photographer and they figured out how to actually get the dial to show through. Um, I can't do that with my iPhone. Um, and I take decent pictures of other stuff, just not this one. So that's, that is what it is. Um, so 
That's uh, that's drinks and the wrist check out of the way. I think we do have one fresh forum find. You know, I, I, we didn't all come prepared, but Bryant was so excited. He has a fresh form find. And I'm going to go ahead and just kick it over to you and you can you can talk about this. And uh, I think it's a pretty interesting one. Yeah. So I uh, being ever prepared since, as you alluded to, we'll talk about Triple T. I, so I've never done a podcast. This is my uh, we're busting cherries, Luxardo and other uh, <laughs> <laughs> tonight. But uh, I do have a, uh, a little Instagram live show that I do. So I have, uh, again, as you mentioned, I'm one of eight. So I do know that you guys talk about your fresh form finds. And I do have a special one. I know that uh, Ryan is going to be super salty that I made it onto the show before him. So in his honor, he just bought a new watch. I am not going to do any NWAs for him because that's Mm-mm. him. But yep. I know that he is unloading a few watchers. So I wanted to give a special Fresh Forum Fine shout out to Ryan. If anybody is looking for a mint, and I say mint, Tudor Date Day in 36 millimeter with the Italian uh, day wheel. I believe it's on one of the newer model uh, Tudor bracelets. It doesn't have a Jubilee. But I'm not sure what he's asking for, but I'd imagine that him being a good guy, he'd probably be willing to work with somebody if they showed genuine interest in it. So if anybody is interested, definitely hit up Ryan and his handle, if you don't know, is at Ryan Wears Watches on Instagram. Mm -hmm. No, that is actually a really cool piece. I may have been talking with him a little bit about it today. I don't want to say I'm kind of surprised he's parting with it, but... um, it's a really cool piece. 36 millimeters got the, uh, the Italian date wheel. The, the bracelet looks like it's in fantastic shape. And I know he doesn't always wear it on the bracelet. Um, right. I, I, I messaged like, I didn't realize you had the bracelet for this. And he's like, Oh yeah. I was like, I just, I've never seen you post it on the bracelet. So, you know, anyway, yeah, no, it's a, it's a really cool piece. Um, so if he's made it this far and isn't that mad, then, you know, like we're, 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 we're doing the solid here with, you know, Three, three other people who might be interested might be listening to this. So That's right. there you go, Ryan. Hopefully we can make some sales happen. <laughs> yeah. Which in case, I want my 10% commish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> offer code whiskey and watches. Be sure to use offer code whiskey and watches at the checkout. Yes. That's right. That's an ampersand, not an A-N-D. Let's just not. <laughs> that, yeah, uh-huh. that's that's how it works. Um, so, yeah, that's actually – no, it's, it's a pretty sweet watch. Like uh, – I'm sure he won't have too hard of a time moving that one. Um, it's exciting for him for the new piece. So uh, we won't out him on that, but uh, especially if his, I don't think his wife is one of the listeners, but uh, <laughs> I hope not. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I, I can't imagine she is. So uh, we'll see. But anyway, so Brian, obviously want to talk a little bit about um, what got you into watches. I mean, obviously Carolina watch club Two talking time. You're, you're, you're into this as far as we are, if not further, um, like, so, um, let's talk about, you know, how you got bit by the bug when that happened, what that first piece was, and let's just kind of dive right into it, man. Sure. So it's fitting you say dive in because my first true watch. So if we're talking origin stories, right, my grandfather used to work for, uh, a marketing firm whose client was Disney company. And yeah. And so every year they would give out watches and other swag 
to the employees to either keep and or gift. So technical first watch I got was a Mickey Mouse hands across the world. And I wish I had it here in front of me, but it's actually one. I don't keep many watches in a safe. That watch is in my safe because it's just super special to me. And I don't like all these other ones are insured. If something happened to them, I'm not too concerned. But that watch to me is irreplaceable, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially since he's no longer with us. But so I got that watch and, you know, probably the same as pretty much everybody else that listens to this podcast. Had the Timex Ironmans growing up, you know, had my other grandfather, my mom's father, um, was actually a really big Swiss Army watch aficionado. So, but he, like the simple, you know, uh, red bezel quartz Swiss Army, but he was one of those that he, he used to work for Exxon and he didn't really care about watches in the way that we all do now, right? So he looked at him as a genuine tool and I can remember either the battery dying or him cracking a crystal or something happening and he would just get a new one for Christmas, right? So I naturally got a couple of his hand-me-downs back in the day and I remember having a couple of those and I'd wear them, you know, mom would replace the battery. Um, But it wasn't until I met my wife that, you know, her brother-in-law, my future brother-in-law, got a uh, a tag Hoyer from her sister for some special occasion. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, man, that thing is amazing. It was super gorgeous, and I don't remember the reference, but it was a great, great watch, right? So my wife, being the amazing gift giver that she is, ended up buying me a Swiss Army watch with his help um, for our first Valentine's together, which mm-hmm. is a watch that I still have. And I, I wore this watch probably every day for a solid five, six years. Right. So oh, yeah. it, wow. nothing special, just a Swiss army quartz, but you it's know, a great colorway though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. And, and again, at the time, like I didn't know anything about that. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was just what we all talk about. It was a tool watch. You know, I, I, whenever the battery died, I'd get it replaced. I wore this watch everywhere doing everything. I proposed to my wife in this watch. I got married in this watch. We had our son and I was wearing this watch. Like it was, it is another one of those irreplaceable watches to me. Right. And so I had that for a very long time and well, wore it for a very long time. But then we uh, we ended up running into a couple at a bar. It was an old friend. I hadn't seen him in a long time, and I remember that he had on a vintage ta- or excuse me, a vintage. Um, so it'd be Omega because it was older. It was not an Omega. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There we go. Nice. Um, there we go. Yeah. He's, he's paying attention. A, this guy knows. Omega Seamaster three hundred, and I remember him saying like, "Oh yeah, you know, I got it on." He said eBay and he bought it from overseas and he got a really, really good deal on it. And it was just something about seeing that sweeping second hands that I was just mystified, right? I was like, this is the coolest thing since sliced bread. And I dove deep, deep, deep into the rabbit hole, right? Um, so that was kind of where I got started into watches as far as like my rebirth, if you will. Um, 
I have it right here in front of me. It was, I looked back at the dates cause I couldn't remember cause I feel like I've had this watch forever, but it was, uh, somewhere early 2016 when I purchased this watch for myself and it was a, a Seiko SKX, um, yes. that came in a completely different colorway. But as anybody that knows me, I can't leave things alone. So I ended up modding it and <laughs> <clears throat> since modded it back to its original form. Um, <laughs> I know again, it's, it's bad. And I admit that I have a problem, but that was kind of really where I got started in watches. And then from there, you know, I, I came across the Carolina watch club and my good friend, Chris, who's the, the president of the club. And he, uh, went to Carolina. We, he came down for a concert. We got brunch together and have been pretty, pretty dang close friends ever since. And that was probably, mm, I think 20, uh, 17, 2018, somewhere in there. And yeah, it's been off to the races since then, man. It's, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun, but yeah, it's definitely something that I'm super passionate about. And I, I think, you know, I have a lot of, a lot of hobbies as you guys know, but yeah. it's, it's one of those for me that it's just so immersive, right? It's so expansive that you can go down these rabbit holes and not even scratch the surface on the hobby as a whole. And I think that's one of the really special things about it. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's, there's, there's our little, our little group that we have, like our little subculture that, that is with this podcast. And then, I mean, you talk about tool watches and you talk about vintage watches. And I mean, we don't even really cover dress watches on this because that's just not anything that any of us really are attracted to, but that's not to knock dress watches. There's a whole collecting area that is just all it's, 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 there's so much that, I mean, I wouldn't even say that we scratched the surface on this show. I mean, and, and it's, it's hard to, because there's just, it's, there's such a depth of everything uh, right. when it comes to this hobby. So, and I think that that's one of the really cool things about it is that, so that was when I went to my first watch get together, it was 2017, I believe. And we had it at a local brewery in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we had, God, had to have been 50 plus people in like a, what felt like 50 square foot space, right? Like it was, it was in the dead of summer. It was super hot. Cause it was an upstairs little alley room that they had. So there was <laughs> no running air. Like it was just, it was miserable. Right. Mm. But it kind of opened my eyes because you could see that there were people that were super, you know, super knowledgeable about very certain things that I thought was just super rad. Right. So you had guys that have collections, I mean, very impressive collections of nothing but Seikos, right? Then you have these people that get into maybe just chronographs, GMTs, etc. And I think that that's one of the really cool things about the hobby is that you can be, you know, someone that looks at it from a top down perspective or if you really, really, really find something that you're super interested in, you I mean, that rabbit hole is just never ending. You can dig yourself to China before you come to the other side of it. Oh, definitely. Brian, I have to ask you, just for my curiosity, we were talking before the show, and I wanted to know like where y'all 
or send, like kind of like get your meetups and you, you mentioned Charlotte. I go to Charlotte more often than I should. And you mentioned a brewery and me and my friend happen to like going to breweries. Uh, so much so in fact that he's got a list and within the city of Charlotte, we have gone to, I want to say within the state limits, I think it's upwards of 80% of the breweries in there. Okay. And which is a lot so for people that don't know Charlotte, they have a large amount of breweries. Yes, um, they do. Yeah. And they're all actually really good. Um, Unique. Some of them are really cool. Uh, but what w- what brewery did you guys go to for that first meetup that so you that, went to anyway? That first meetup we went to was at Heist Brewing off of okay. uh, Noda, yep. which is North Davidson. And I, I've been there. Yep. Yeah. So you know <laughs> how they have like the main lobby and eating area, but then they have that upstairs room on the way back to like the VIP area. Yeah. Right above mm-hmm. the restrooms. That's where we were. You're right above the restrooms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's it's seriously like a sketch little staircase, right? <laughs> yes, up it is. This yep. Super awkward room that is not made for really anything. I mean, I think it's really more like chair overflow. But <laughs> yeah. for some reason we talked them into letting us uh do the uh the get together there. And we've actually subsequently gone back two or three different times to that location. I mean, it's hmm. it's great. They have Good food, as you mentioned, great beer. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a pretty pretty hopping little place. Were there a yeah. lot of chairs in that room that seemed like it made it chair overflow? No, there were okay. there were not a lot of chairs. Again, there were just a lot of a lot of sweaty individuals kind of <laughs> hunched over watchers. I love the fact that you said it was on the way to the VIP area. Like you guys yeah. the VIP area, yeah, we, but you got on the way to... to the VIP area. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's well, the assistant to the regional manager versus assistant well, regional manager. I was gonna say I was gonna say, um <laughs> you guys remember the show The League? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were talking about chair storage. I was like, oh sorry, those are load bearing chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was a place yeah, was, you guys uh, could sit. Well what about no, no those are load bearing chairs? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was a lot of fun and that was actually my first watch to get get together that i had ever gone to um just in general and it it was one of those that you know i i, f- I found the group and i went to the get together and i was like these are my people you know it, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're from how much money you have and the role that you're bringing with you like it's just the most accepting group of individuals that I've ever met in my life that I'm super glad to call family. You know, I mean, most of them to me now are, and they're, uh, it's, I, I hope you guys one day will be able to make it down so you can attend to get together with us. Cause it's, it's crazy. It sounds like depending on uh, Spangler, are you coming this week? I'm not going to give away the location, but are you, are you able to make it this week? Well, you know, you guys know I have a penchant for traveling, and you can probably see where this is going right now. But You're going to miss the meetup, aren't you? <laughs> my friend texted me earlier today and was like, hey, do you want to go to Alaska? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, I'll in go fairness, you do that. Like, yeah, you gotta, that's, you know. that's a really tough state to cross off the list. So you go to Alaska. Are you by any yeah. chance flying through Charlotte like you normally do? <laughs> uh, no, but I am going to go to Charlotte when we get back. Uh, okay. I'm flying up to ORD, which is Chicago O'Hare International mm-hmm. Airport. Yeah, and then up into uh, Anchorage. There you go. Yeah. And I then mean, the, it, the traditional post-Anchorage stop in Charlotte. I mean, that's, yeah. oh, that's what all the great yeah. explorers did. He's got to get his Chick-fil-A, man. I mean, I'll be honest, there's a solid chance Spangler, if you tell him when and where, will make it to a CWC event. 
before he makes it to a Red Bar Cincy event. Yes. I will be easy for for me to get to Charlotte. Hey, we'd love for you to be there, man. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'll, uh, I don't know if I follow the the Instagram page or not, but, uh, yeah, just hit me up. That would so cement your status as the wild card. Yes, it would. (laughs) (laughs) Spangler makes it, makes it to a watch meetup in a city. He doesn't even live in before he makes it to the one in Cincinnati. Um, yes, that would be, that would be, I mean, in fairness, you do hang out with the dudes from Red Bar Cincy every time we decide to do a random impromptu meetup on Saturday during business hours at Richter and Phillips. Like you have pre fondled many a watch that several of us now own. So like that is, (laughs) that is his thing. If you go buy a watch, he's going to go check it out. Fondle it first. Of course. That's right. Of course. I check out all the cool stuff and everybody in Red Bar Cincinnati has good taste. So they obviously buy the cool stuff. Mm, Absolutely. Everybody's like, well, when will I get to be the first person that has handled this watch? I just purchased. Evan goes, that's the neat part. You don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Love so we it. talked a little bit about the club and the and the kind of your, your first meetup experience, which I don't want to say kind of sounds a lot like my first meetup experience, Buzz's first. Like when you find that right group of people that are into the random hobby that we're all in, like it all it all just kind of clicks, um, which is a ton of fun. Now, let's let's dive a little bit deeper into your collection. Um, so you you got the you, you got the um, the Seiko that you've modded back and forth. What was the uh, the first piece where you knew you were in deep? You're like, oh, oh, I'm I'm like the first one when you're calling you're calling the credit card company, say, hey, I'm about to do something. Like, let it go <laughs> through. This is me. Like, what was the first time that that happened? So I. Uh... I didn't quite go that traditional route with it. What I did was I I got the Seiko and I got bit bad by the bugs, the Seiko bug, right? So yeah, from yeah. there, I went to like, I, we, we were talking before about uh, the beach house down in Florida. Like I remember being half lit sitting on the back porch, bidding on a 7,002 from like the mid nineties um, on vacation, ended up buying that, had that for a little bit and, uh, subsequently gifted it to my brother for graduation, which he still wears and says that he loves that thing to death. Um, from there I went to turtles pretty heavily. Um, and I think that's one of the great things about Seiko specifically is that a, there's a lot of aftermarket parts for them, right? So if you are into that kind of thing, you can really and truly make them a one-of-one one piece to your specific taste. Um, but I like them because they also release a bajillion different references of the same watch. <laughs> yes. Yes, they um, do. <laughs> so for me, it was great because I got into the Seikos really, really heavy with the Turtles. So I had at one point the... Triple seven, which is the all black. I had the seven seven five, I think it was, that was the uh the gilt edition. I had the patty, which was the blue and red edition. Mm. Like I had a lot of them. Um and I think really at that point it was kind of like the the turning point and taking it from level one to level two as far as like my watch collecting went. Because I'd sit here and I'd look at my watch box and it's like, you know, I see a lot of redundancy. I have essentially the same watch in different colorways, which 
to me was great because, you know, as somebody likes to coordinate colors, I kind of had a watch for every occasion in the color aspect, but it was the same watch ultimately. So I ended up selling a lot of those and instead of putting it on a credit card, I wanted to do it old school. And I, uh, so I had an envelope and I'd take money out of the, uh, the ATM every paycheck and stash a 10 or a 20 into this envelope. And that was how I bought my first Pelagos or well, my Pelagos, which was my first really nice watch. Right. So I had had nothing but Seiko's up until that point. And I really, really, really wanted to get something that was kind of next level. I never thought that it would kind of morph to where I am now, but my, my thought process at the time was, okay, I have a son. He now is seven. So then was, you know, four or five. I want to get something that I can pass down to him and not that Seiko's aren't worthy of passing from generation to generation, but I wanted to get something that he could be more or less proud of, right? Like something a little bit nicer. So that was kind of where I found Tudor. Um, I didn't really have money for Rolex. Not that I really even looked at Rolex at the time. Um, but I really, really liked Tudor for the value proposition that they had. Um, and I really specifically liked the Pelagos. And the Pelagos to me was super special because it has so much design characteristics to it. As far as like the dial layout, it's just everything about it to me is just super special, right? Um not to mention it's got a helium escape valve on it. Uh, Which you is can cool. go, yeah, 1600. Cool. I, I agree. I mean, <laughs> it's never going to, so it's rated for 1640 feet um, and it never sees past seven. But, <laughs> but it helps you get away from the helium really quick. Yeah, yeah, right. Because yeah. <laughs> right that helium is way up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I it's 1640 uh, so I got, and an every seven. So 16, it's got 1633 left to go. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Um, just in case. <laughs> but I, I got this and it just really kind of down spiraled from there. I, uh, I got bit bad and you know, from there I'm, I'm looking over at my watch box right now. I, uh, I bought a couple other different watches, sold a couple other different watches because I felt like I had more watches than I really needed. Um, so ended up, you know, kind of refining the collection into what spoke to me. And I, I think that that's kind of part of it. You know, you've been on uh, my show that I do, but that's one question that I ask people is, you know, what advice would you give to anybody trying to get into the hobby? And I think that kind of the general consensus is that, you kind of have to make bad decisions before you can really make good decisions. And unfortunately that can come time, sometimes bite you financially, but that's just the way it works, right? You have to figure out what you like and what style watch speaks to you and your personal style. And it kind of took me a long time to get there. Um, but once I did, man, it, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I think that that's also for me, part of the fun is the journey of getting there and, doing that research of the different brands and the different reference numbers and models and just kind of going 
going, I don't want to say deep because that's what everybody <laughs> talks about Hodinkee saying, but kind of really, you know, sinking your teeth into it and doing a lot of research on it. There you go. Now, if you could only come up with an alternative way to say plays with the light, because that's another big watch cliche. <laughs> for those of you playing at home, that's probably at least two thirds of the way to your bingo for watch. Bingo. <laughs> but so there's something I want to. So you, 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 you talk about the Pelagos and unlike our other buddy whose hat you're wearing and I'm wearing, um, you still have your Pelagos. Uh, he, he always jokes that's the one that got away, which I feel like he'll end up with one eventually at some point. Um, but you also mentioned, you know, kind of the, the, the one of one, if you got down to about on a Seiko reference. And I feel like your Pelagos, I don't know that it's necessarily a one of one, but I've not seen anybody who was able to source what you were able to source and turn your Pelagos into something that is now what I would love to see almost is the opposite of yours. So like the blue dial with the black bezel, you have the black dial with the blue bezel. Like Correct. I feel like, I feel like somebody needs to do the other one. Cause now I want to know what that one looks like, but your Pelagos is special. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely. Uh, so if you are curious, they supposedly out there, if you Google Tudor, Pelagos shark i believe it is there is somebody that i don't know if it's a rendering or an actual watch but they had a blue one and swapped the black bezel for it okay um so going back to seiko right this really started with vehicles for me um i can't leave things well enough alone i like to make them my own no matter what it is right so no vehicle I've ever owned is stock. And that goes from like suspension to stereo, exhaust, whatever, right? Because of that, when I got into Seiko's, that was one of the really appealing things to me was that I could make it personal to me and my taste. Um, and I really wanted to do the same thing with the Tudor because for me, the the blue is just a little too much blue, Right. It's it's a muted blue because it's matte, but it's still blue. It's on a blue. lot of blue. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of blue. Um, the black was gorgeous, but same thing, right? It was black on black. So I had the idea, man. I really wonder if I could source a blue bezel and do the swap. And you know, going back to Chris, I reached out to him way before I even got the watch. Like I was still setting aside uh 10s and 20s in my envelope for this watch but i happened to cross ebay and there was a bezel insert on ebay for like 230 bucks and i was like chris you know i'm not quite sure if i should get it it was in like pakistan or somewhere super crazy <laughs> uh, so i wasn't sure if it was legit or not but he was like you know take a chance on it you got ebay's buyer protection if anything happens, you can always return it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to pull the trigger on it. Ended up pulling the trigger. And much to my surprise, it wasn't just the bezel insert. I got the bezel. I got, so for anybody that is not crazy like I am, and has not taken apart a Pelagos uh, insert or bezel on it. There's a little piece of like plastic that runs on the inside that helps create the down friction so that you get that unique clicking noise that Pelagos is synonymous for. Um, but it came complete, right? 
So for me, it was really easy coming from the Seiko world with those for anybody that's listening, all eight of us know that to change the insert, all you have to do is just take a, a butter knife and pop the old bezel off and then click the new one on. It was no different with this watch. Um, so I did not know at the time that titanium was super, um, super scratchy. So I got a, <laughs> I got a couple scratches when I did it, but you know, those are battle wounds and those are character scars that one day I'll be able to tell somebody about. And at least if nothing else, they'll hopefully get a laugh out of my craziness for modding and X amount dollar watch. Yeah. But yeah, so this is a true to my knowledge, one of one watch. Um, and it's a Pelagos with a black dial and a blue bezel. Love it. It's a, uh, it's pretty, spe- it's pretty, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. That's, that's uh, good. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. uh it, to me, it's really special, not only for that, but I, uh, you know, we talk about, how I got this watch and why I got this watch. So I actually even got it engraved for my son on the back with a special saying so that when that time comes, you know, that was, you know, we talk about like the special person, shout out Brodinky, that sometimes lets things go if they don't really, you know, fit in the collection or a lot of collectors do that, right? Like mm-hmm. they lose either interest with it or they feel like it doesn't fit their collection at the time. So they sell things. Right. Um, I did the engraving on this one, not only because I wanted to ensure that I wasn't going to sell it, but I wanted to make it something special that when I did give it to my son, it had that, you know, little meaning behind it as well. I mean, that's, that's the, that's, yeah. I mean, that's your watch. I don't know anybody else who's got that watch. I mean, so when, when that time comes, he's going to know that's yours. Right. And that's actually funny yeah. we're talking about it because I uh, I had a guy shoot me a DM today on Instagram and was like, hey, I really like that Pelagos. Do you mind if I copy it? And I wrote back and said, if you can source an OEM bezel, by all means, go for it. Yeah, yeah they uh, they got that on lockdown uh, a bit. Yeah, a bit. Um, although, Ro- you know, I mean, Rolex has started listening to this show there. So that's the thing. It's, it's eight listeners, but one of them is somebody at Rolex because they're doing the, uh, they're doing the dual bracelets now for the GMT master. Like we talked about over a year ago, which is not why they're doing it, but I think is hilarious. Um, well, <laughs> you know, listening, I want my royalties because they just came out with the white gold submariner <laughs> with the blue yes. bezel. Yes. And I'm still waiting for a check and or watch. Neither have hit my, uh, my address or bank account yet see but i think the one you really want though i think the one you really want is the one with the blue dial with the black with or sorry the blue bezel with the black dial in steel not white gold that's the one you want absolutely (laughs) absolutely (laughs) the only way they're gonna do that we all know that the whole reason for offering two bracelets is so that eventually they can offer separate wait lists for both the watch head (laughs) and the bracelet you're only buying head only, not exactly. even box and papers when you go to your Rolex AD. Bring, bring your own NATO strap, people. Yeah. Um, Would so you like to carry this home or how are you going to? If they if they start offering different bezel colors, that's just another wait list. Again, I still would love royalty from any of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Man, I'm just more so shocked that you were able to source an OEM Tudor bezel for it. That's crazy to me. Because yeah. like I know Swatch is like really cutting down on all their like bezels and other hands and all that kind of jazz but man i didn't even think you'd be able to find it too i mean honestly i would love to know the backstory of like how that bezel came to be on ebay yeah and i have no clue i went back and looked at the seller and there was nothing indicating anything of it being like associated or affiliated with any of the big brands my best guess is it was probably just somebody that kind of got it um and but I know that it is an OEM one, just given the bezel itself, not just the insert, because it is a very specific way that it goes together. And yeah. it is not something that can just be done. Yeah. Just made, yeah. Cobbled together. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I crazy. got super fortunate with it. And I'll, again, I, it to me, I think is one of the watches that, as, as you mentioned, Spence, everybody kind of, knows me for that watch or knows yeah. that watch because of me so yeah it, it is definitely something that's special and will never leave the collection oh for sure i mean of course now it's it's funny you, you talked about i'm just looking at the time and so we don't make this a three-hour episode um <laughs> we should probably dive into like yeah god die okay we should probably get into a little bit about <laughs> we talked about the carolina watch club we talked about the meetup we talked about your involvement there i want to talk I mean, you said this is your first podcast, but you've done a cut. You're, you're big on the video series. So you do, you do triple T, which I've been fortunate enough to be a guest on. And then you've also done something with a, a micro brand based out of Chicago. So why don't we start with triple T and then we'll work our way into, um, uh, what you did with the our buddy chase. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So triple T kind of came about during COVID, right? Um, early 2020, everything just locked down as everybody listening or that is living knows, right? <laughs> um, and as we've mentioned, I'm pretty passionate about everything watches, but not only the watches. And this is one of the things that anybody that knows me on a personal level or has really even listened to Triple T or otherwise, I'm a people person and I I love the watches, but I truly love the people and the stories behind the watches, right? Like that, that to me is what brings more joy than the watches themselves. Like, cause they're, they're cool, but I like hearing about, you know, how somebody saved up a lot of money for getting a watch or what their next watch is going to be, or did they have any impulse buys? Right. So early last year I was sitting around and South Carolina, North Carolina were locked down, right? As well as most of the country was. And I was sitting here thinking, I was like, you know, how can I do, how can I make a way so that we can still have what we would consider a very loose get together, but still have an opportunity for people to have that, that chance to interact with one another. Right. Um, so from there, triple T was born. Um, I do them every other Thursday and it's what started in the beginning was just a a chance to get some of the members of the Carolina watch club together and just chat one-on-one, right? So for anybody that has not tuned in to these, I go over questions from, you know, how did you get into watches? What's your favorite complication? What's your favorite brand? Um, 
you know, do you have anything you're looking to buy? What, uh, what advice would you give to people? So it's, it's pretty generic across the board, but I wanted it to be that way because again, for me, I think it's really cool that not everybody got into the same way that maybe we did. Right. Um, and everybody has a unique story. So I like being able to let those people tell the story. Um, and then from there, you know, I've been fortunate enough to to connect with a lot of people that are kind of big in the watch world. You know, I've had you on, Spence. I've had <laughs> I, would, like I would say big. Like big. Went, right? <laughs> I'm trying to solidify a uh, second podcast here. <laughs> but I uh, I've had Chase with Oak and Oscar, which. That was, if anybody has not watched that one, I saved these under the Carolina Watch Club's page to IGTV. That was the first time that Chase has ever shown his personal collection. Like He has never shown watches that he owns outside of the Oak and Oscar brand. So for me, that was super special, right? Um, I got to interview Brodinky. I've done Ryan Wears Watches. <laughs> um, I got to keep shouting him out, man, because I yeah. know he's going to be salty. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but then I try to go and look at even just the guys that are maybe, you know, we go back to like the Seiko guys, the guys that have very specific um, subset of a collecting style, because that to me is super special, just kind of learning how their mind works and how they get to where they are in their collection, where they want to go with their collection. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where we are. I, I didn't think it would be what it is now, but you know, every other Thursday when I do these, I immediately get DMS from guys saying, Hey, I really love what you're doing. You know, please don't stop. So even though we're able to get back together in person, I I don't see them going anywhere. And I'm glad that they are. I mean, I don't tune into every one, but like on Thursday evenings, if my wife's doing something and it's and I'm on and you guys like, oh, I'll tune into this. Like, let's let's see what Brian and whoever he has on is up to because they've been I mean, I think one of my favorite parts probably around this time last year is around when I started seeing them. Um, just based on when we started following and, and all that kind of stuff. COVID facial hair, like I think hit its peak around this time last year, which yeah. let's let's not let's not forget about how awesome COVID facial hair was for a lot of people. Uh, yourself yeah. included. You're about four. I mean, I think yours started pre-COVID. You had a pretty awesome uh, you had some good flow coming off the chin. But I remember a pretty awesome <laughs> handlebar mustache from. Um, yep. So oh, that was. That was Brian, which yes. is uh, his handle is at Drossmania. Yes. Um, the Tank Basculante yeah. was his uh, his big one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He, still, uh, he still has that, by the way. The handlebar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> is it even longer? <laughs> Strong. It, it's getting there. It's getting there. <laughs> I don't even know how you would trim. I, I just – it would get in my – we'll talk about that later. But, I mean, I don't know if he's one of our – eight seven eight listeners but like man that was that was and he he i mean he had mixed an awesome drink as well uh yes. like that that was um that was also kind of fun seeing like everybody's little 
like you get a glimpse into the person on on Triple T. Not only do you see the collection, you talk, you see the person face to face, and you also like see a portion of their home, which is how everybody got to know that I have a crazy basement that has murals painted on the walls. Not that we haven't talked about it on the podcast <laughs> too, but yes, you got to see what they looked like on Triple T. So bonus, there you go. Um. <laughs> well, and one of the fun things for me, I'm I'm sitting here scrolling through the feed right now, looking, is that you know it, it makes it very difficult to get together on a one-on-one basis with people outside of your, your core area. Right. So mm-hmm. for me, it's been super special because I've gotten together with guys in Raleigh, Durham, which is like four or five hours for me. I got together with you and you're in Ohio. I've talked to Ryan. I've talked to Chase in Chicago. You know, I've, I've got to talk to people that otherwise to get down and actually sit and have that conversation one-on-one would have probably never happened. So mm-hmm. for me, it's been super special because I get to uh, get to ask questions that I've always been genuinely curious on and, you know, get to meet people that otherwise probably would never have on a, a face-to-face one-on-one level. Well, yeah. How, how else can you on just a random weeknight meet up with people from all over the country and you know sometimes even on other continents i mean it's that that's one one of the few upsides to the past like year and a half everybody yeah i agree everybody's way more receptive to it and all of a sudden everybody's familiar with the tools to do it it's yeah it's been uh it's been a lot of fun again it's something that i i don't plan on stopping anytime soon so long as i have people to interview i'm gonna keep the show going nice and i I mean i feel like i feel like you'll you won't run short of those people but i mean to buzzy's point i mean the my wife has been a part of a couple of virtual baby showers in the last couple of in the last probably 18 months and people who you would never expect to see on a virtual baby shower meaning of a certain generation of a certain age or whatever our grandparents, people of that age, you know, parents and grandparents, 60s plus are on these things comfortably. All you had to do was email them a link, which five years ago, emailing somebody a link, come on, they're not figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty amazing how far technology's come in such a short period of time in that. Yeah. And the uptake of people understanding how to use it has proliferated this past yeah. this past year and a half. So that's, that's yeah. definitely not a bad thing. Um, I feel like, I also feel like we're using it for good for the most part. Like as much as we talk about, you know, social media and, and all the ills of it, I feel like there's a certain sub, like the majority of people are trying to use it for good, which isn't a bad thing. Sure. And that was the other kind of part of why I started it was, you know, thankfully I don't have anybody in a close group of friends that had COVID or came down with any kind of symptoms, but you know, there are a lot of people that did that would tune into the show or otherwise. So for me, it was one of those, I tried to keep it super light and casual so that everything that was going on in the world, people could have that hour every other Thursday to just tune in and not think about everything else going on in the world. Um, So for me, I think that that was, again, even from a, from a personal standpoint, it was, it was very beneficial because I was able to, uh, to just shut everything else off and, you know, talk with a friend about watches, which everybody loves to do. Oh, for sure. I think it was um, a long way too that 
people that are into watches always seem to love to talk about watches. It doesn't matter like who you are, where you're, where you're from, you know, what have you. It doesn't matter if somebody's asking you about your watch, forget about it. You're going to want to talk about it. Absolutely. And that's like one thing that's really good about this hobby that I really enjoy because like like you've said like Smith has mentioned too, like we've got we've got to meet a bunch of really cool people just because of this one very very niche thing that not many people are into, but the people that are, are into it are you know fantastic fantastic people and you know it's something i i'm I'm proud to be a part of yeah maybe not my bank account but i'm proud (laughs) (laughs) says the guy who's got something incoming that he'll hopefully reveal next week yeah yes it it should be in uh fairly soon before alaska Oh yeah. Um, on the day that I'm going, so fingers crossed that it gets here before, but probably not. So I'll get it Friday. My address for a reroute. I'll be glad. It's, you know, I mean, I don't live too far from your parents, so we could figure this out. Um, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. See, he just doesn't want we'll someone else to fondle his watch before he that's gets it. His gig. Yeah, that's he my that. thing. Don't fondle my watches. <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, it's funny. So you mentioned, and I know I know a little bit of the story behind this, um, but you mentioned your wife being a very good gift giver. And this is my little segue to give uh, my wife a shout out because our anniversary was last week, uh, nine years uh, married and even longer dating, engaged and whatnot. So happy anniversary. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, thank you. It's been you just shy of a decade. More than just a shout out though for our anniversary. <laughs> oh, we, we, so, that, that, that's the tenure buzz. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, and so we'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll go down this segue real quick, real quick. So not for this, not for the anniversary. Cause the next, the big one is the next one. One of the big ones. The first, first decade is the big one first big one that we'll experience and um knowing her and knowing things so like i got her a tudor black bay 36 for christmas in 2019 but we're she doesn't like i don't want to say like let me put it this way it's i gave it to her before christmas because i knew that if she didn't know about it, it was it, it had the potential to ruin Christmas morning because of how much I spent on it. And again, I bought myself watches and she's approved of watches more than that. She's not as into it, but she understands like that I know this. And it's like, hey, this would be really cool for you. But I gave her that watch on the 23rd and she was like, no, I, I absolutely love it. But what you did was the right call. <laughs> like, so Buzzy's talking about making sure like she she appreciates the grand gesture but at the same point she kind of likes to be consulted and the way i did it i had an out in case it blew up like she hadn't opened it i I covered it with my buddy blake at richter and phillips like if this doesn't go well it's coming back and we're good like everything we were all covered um so that's how our relationship works and i've known that because at that point it was seven and a half years almost eight so i mean you gotta know but brian you talked about your wife being a phenomenal gift giver feel like there's a certain piece in your collection that may have been given as a gift yes there is uh so what we're alluding to is the speedmaster that i was given 2019 for christmas um anybody that knows me knows that i love speedmasters right and this is one of those watches that 
you know, you talk iconic watches for anybody that doesn't even really know watches and they know a Speedmaster, right? Because everybody knows about the Apollo missions and the moon landing and that Speedmasters went to the moon, right? Mm -hmm. So this was about the time where I was really kind of taking that second step into watches as far as the second tier um, of price points and just getting deeper into the hobby. And I, uh, <laughs> I made the mistake of tagging my wife in a bunch of posts on Instagram, right? <laughs> so like everybody, everybody knows Speedy Tuesday is a thing, right? So every Tuesday she was getting tagged on like Speedy Tuesday, Fratello Watches, Omega. <laughs> like anytime I saw a quote unquote pretty Speedmaster. I was tagging her in it and it got to the point where she was finally like, you know what? Please stop. I, I get the hint. It, it, just stop. I'm tired of, you know, I, I don't want watches clogging my feed because you're sending them to me. So the algorithm thinks that I like watches too. Um, <laughs> but lo and behold, she had reached out to a couple members of the Carolina watch club and got together with one of our local ADs and sourced a brand new to me, well, brand new period, uh, Omega Speedmaster. And it is the, so it is, did I get that right? Because it's, I got this in 2019. When was the? Well, but here's the thing. That model had been out for a while. Has that model been out since pre-2006? Because if that model's been out since pre-2006, which it's unbelievable that Casino Royale is 15 years old. Yeah. And we talk about, no, we're not going to talk about that, but just need to make that point it yeah, might still be an omega we got to figure we'll figure that out later we'll do the math later yeah yeah yeah. i have the buzzer okay. ready so if i didn't i need yeah. to pull the buzzer okay. out i can pull it out <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah so little did i know she had already reached out to a couple members of the group and it actually kind of took it a step farther on a humor level because we went to a uh a holiday get together for christmas for, put on by the Carolina watch club. And, uh, she, I asked a couple of the guys if they could bring some of their speedies with them just so I could show them to her. Cause again, unbeknownst to me, she had already chosen the watch and had paid for the watch and it was in her possession. Right. <laughs> so she comes to this get together, uh, on like the 13th of December and sees like, I'm exaggerating 16 different speedy models, right? Like there was a Sapphire sandwich. There was a Hesolite. There was a speedy Tuesday. There was a pre moon, like all these different models. So she low key starts freaking out because she had no clue that there were so many different ones related <laughs> to speed master. Right? So fast forward to Christmas day and for anybody that doesn't know me on a personal level or follow my page, I'm big into hunting, right? I'm a huge outdoorsman. Um, and I do everything. I try to do everything outdoors that I can. Cause I work inside 40 hours a week and it's, that's about as much time as I want to spend inside if I can help it. Um, so for Christmas that year, I asked her to dip my shotgun in a, uh, in, a, I don't remember what the exact material is, but it's something that's supposed to help kind of, coat the gun so that it makes it rust resistant, right? Because I do a lot of hunting in salt water and it'll tear metal to pieces, right? 
So I ended up paying for that gift myself because I wanted it done my way and it's my gun. So I want to make sure it's right. Um, fast forward to Christmas and I have this random box under the tree and I, you know, I thought on it and genuinely thought it was a pair of boots. Like I thought it was a pair of Tekavas boots because the, the, well, it's the a big box. Yeah, like the it's box a big box. Yep. Masters come in is like the size of a boot box, right? Um, so I had absolutely no idea that it was coming. Everybody else opened presents again. Being the father, you always let the kid and the wife open first. <laughs> and here comes my turn. I tear the paper off. I actually opened it upside down. So I was like, okay, this really is a pair of boots because I just see this <laughs> black box, right? <laughs> and so I flip it over and it's the Omega Omega insignia for the Speedmaster. And I lost it. Like I dropped so many F-bombs in front of my son that I genuinely, <laughs> like, I felt bad, but if you ever want to talk about like a moment where she's gotten me some stellar gifts in our relationship, this was one of those where she was able to keep it tight lipped. Didn't let anybody related to me know so that I would not get wind of it. Like she knocked it out of the park. Um, so she ended up getting me the Sapphire sandwich. So it's got the 1863 movement with the, uh, Sapphire crystal, and it's got the Sapphire display case back. So for me, it's really special because I'm able to, you know, we talk about families and generations and passing down watches. For me, this one was really cool because I think my son was five at the time. So he could sit there and watch as I'm pushing the buttons on the chronograph to see everything work. And I think that that for a younger kid really it was kind of mystifying at the time and shoot for me even was mystifying to be able to watch it. Um, but yeah, so this was, this was probably one of those gifts that again, it's, it's going to be hard to top because she not only, you know, gave me grief for getting it or for tagging her and everything, but then still after all of that went behind my back and got <laughs> watch for me. Like, it's just, it's amazing. You have the buzzer ready, right, Spangler? The previous version oh, of the Moonwatch. Uh, yep. The previous version of the Moonwatch was in production from 2014 until 2020. Oof. Oof, there's one. We got Oof. one. Oof. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Everyone just wait, wait. Oh. There. <laughs> <laughs> so not quite 2006, but close. Close. Um, anyway, no, that's I mean that one's that one's a pretty fantastic story. Um, yeah, we should we should all be so lucky. <laughs> it, again, I, it, there have not been many gifts that I've been given that completely caught me by surprise. That was one that, if you held a gun to my head and said, "Hey, what are you getting this year for Christmas?" I would have never guessed it to be a Speedmaster. Um, so it was again one of those that. Watches for me not only are the watch, but the stories involved with them, and that is a story that is very, very special to me. I mean, I can't think of a better story to to end on, considering that we're also over an hour, and it's getting late on a Monday night, and we all want to keep 
those at least the three of us that are married, we probably want to keep said wives happy um, by by making it uh, upstairs or or I mean, I'm going upstairs. I think Buzzy's on the right floor. You might be on the right floor, too, Bryant. Right. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, it's it's been an, I, I can't I mean, it's about it's about the stories. It's about the watches, but it's mainly about the stories and the people. And I mean, I think that that story there really kind of encapsulates all of that. So I, I can't imagine that um, that we, we have anything that will top top that. I know that there's more that we need to talk about, which means I'm pretty sure you've secured uh, a, a spot on a, an upcoming podcast. So I know that was uh, that was what the goal was. Um, is there is there a triple T this week or is it next week? Uh, next week. Okay. Next week. So not this week, but in, so this, this will come out allegedly on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. So Tuesday or Wednesday, it's not Thursday or tomorrow, depending on the day that this comes out. Um, but it will be a week from now. So stay tuned to the Carolina watch clubs, uh, Instagram handle. Um, we will see if uh, if more people tune in. If you know, if you go from like what you normally get to what you normally get plus three, that's like fifty percent of our listeners list tuning in. So <laughs> we're covered there. Um, but Brian, it's been a pleasure hanging out. I mean, I've gotten to know you a little bit more over the the past several, probably actually at this point, probably close to six months, because um, you know, COVID time still ish kind of flies. Um, it's been great having you on. Um, follow him. Uh, do, do the, uh, cause I'm not sure where the underscores are. So, uh, sure. So, so my handle is at bearded underscore Southern underscore gentleman. Yes. That's where you can find him on Instagram. You can see him every other Tuesday. Uh, Thursday. And, so yes, that's right. We're on Tuesdays. You're on Thursdays. That's it. Every other Thursday on triple T at the Carolina watch clubs, Instagram handle. Um, and, and give him a follow. Great guy. Um, just it's, it's been awesome having you on Bryant. Uh, thank you so much for, for spending some time on a Monday evening with us and, uh, we'll catch everybody next time. Sounds great. Thank you again for uh, having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Big fun. Oh yeah. See ya. for listening to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We are enthusiasts, not experts, so don't at us. But you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches.podcast. Also, visit our website at zeitswatches.com. Zeitz is spelled Z-E-I-T-Z.